Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... using my platform to lift up voices and readers and and really try our best to to center why we all do it and why we and what a very good time to try to capture kids and parents while they need something to distract them this is the children's book podcast episode number 632 i'm your host matthew winner we're on patreon at patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner, if you want to support the show. Today, I'm joined by Julie Andrews and Emma Walton Hamilton. Julie Andrews is a woman who needs no introduction, so perhaps you'll humor me as we do this a little differently. You, I'm guessing, have grown up with Julie Andrews. So have I. Her film works alone were staples of my childhood, and in turn, we have shared them with our kids over and over again. Julie has appeared in movies we've streamed, and she is a face our son readily recognizes when she appears on screen. Her life and career are an inspiration to many, but she is also someone whom my wife has looked up to for strength and inspiration throughout her career as a vocalist and a music teacher. We quickly binged all of the episodes of Julie's Green Room on Netflix as soon as it launched, and now the universe has given me something amazing in common with Julie, because Julie Andrews is now a podcast host. Launched in May of 2020, Julie's Library is a brand new podcast from American Public Media with Julie and her daughter, children's author and educator, Emma Walton Hamilton. Julie and Emma invite you into their library to read their favorite children's books. Every story comes to life with sound, music, and activities. Authors, kids, and other special guests chime in, too. It's a show that will inspire lively conversations and a lifelong love of reading. Please welcome my guests, Julie Andrews, and Emma Walton-Hamilton, hosts of Julie's Library. Hello, everybody. This is Julie Andrews speaking. I'm sitting here with my daughter, Emma Walton-Hamilton. And we have the great good fortune 
to be not only mother and daughter, but to write books together and do all kinds of other creative projects together, even a podcast. I love that one, that the road led us, the three of us to talking together. Um, But I love also the way that you both are this example of collaboration and family and the way that whatever your relationship looked like before (laughs) making things to share with all of us, that you did choose to share with all of us. So thank you for all of the great good you both put out into the world. Well, Thank you. likewise, same yes. to you, Matthew. Thank Matthew, you. you started it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. ours was just a, a, a natural progression from, from books to recordings to, to uh, production. So many things that we do together, Emma and I, and uh, uh, this latest podcast adventure is, uh, well, for me, it's quite new, but you've always known about them, Emma. Since well, you teach so much. For as many years as they've been with us, they're still a fairly new medium, as Matthew knows. They are, oh, yeah. yes. I think that um, for you to both be, be growing up in media in that way, and for me to be growing up uh, in teaching media to children, it's been interesting to be looking at how do we share our story, whether it's on stage or through video or through through our voices. That's a really fascinating thing. Why don't we, before we talk more about the podcast, Julie, can I ask you what the role of stories and poetry played in your childhood? What did you like growing up as a child? And and did you, were you a person that made stories yourself? Oh, yes, I did. Um, I was a very busy child because I learned to sing at a very early age and uh, therefore was busy traveling and mostly uh, didn't attend school but traveled with a teacher who uh, spent several hours a day with me, giving me an education. Happily, she was a very good lady and taught well. She quickly realized that if, if she promised me the time to write at the end of our day, I could then do my other lessons first, and I could do history and math and all of those things, then I could get to write. And that was the promise that she uh, gave me. And I always did at the end of each lesson, I'd continue writing. That's wonderful. Emma, did you also, I, I, I would assume because of <laughs> the products that we have on our shelves and on Netflix and things like that, but did you also then grow up hearing stories, hearing poetry? Yes, very, very much so. Both both my parents, um, you know, had homes filled with books and stories of all kinds, obviously, uh, theatrical and and film adaptations. Hey, darling, my dad and your grandfather loved books and poetry. And I think his influence was probably as great as anything else. It was, and we, and mom and I actually started writing stories together when I was a child. And in fact, one of the books that we uh, later published has its roots in a story we wrote together when I was five years old. And the idea was that uh, because my parents were separated and living on opposite coasts, um, mom had the thought that if she and I wrote a story together, I could bring it to my dad when I joined him for vacation and he would illustrate it because he's an artist. And, um, and, we, and we did just that. And that uh, little story was a way 
for us to feel connected and for us to feel like family. And mom kept it and had it bound and saved it for me. And many, many years later, when we were, when I was an adult and we were writing and publishing books together, we dug that story out and uh, revised it. And uh, that <laughs> reimagined it, lengthened it. Yeah, sure. that became our, our book, Simeon's Gift. So, so for any younger listeners out there, keep all your stories. You never know. Don't That's throw true. a thing away. <laughs> There was a there was a podcast for a time out of Canada called Grown Ups Read Things They Wrote as Kids. Very <laughs> funny um, and, and poignant stories of this is what I wrote in my youth and what does it say about me now? And to um, I, I've been at library conferences and in writing conferences where we've done a similar thing with with your writing as a child. So to know that that story Emma stuck with you from age five. As, as this sort of collaborative means to, to carry story between two parents and, and, and continue to share together. That's exactly. wonderful to know that that stayed as part of your DNA and was something you were able to work on later. That's cool. Yes, and of course, if you're around it all the time, uh, yeah. then, then honestly, uh, it's catching. I mean, yeah. <laughs> the fun at bedtime of reading stories or the fun, actually, for me, of bringing a child, particularly Emma, onto my lap and hugging mm. and pointing words out with my finger as we turn the pages over and she i think it helps a child learn to read so much faster and uh, and now there are podcasts and in this particular time in our lives when we have the virus all around us then podcasts are extremely important i believe that access as a librarian in particular is something we are constantly talking of so to know that you are thinking of that medium as a means of reaching readers i think is an act of meeting readers where they are i think that that is important that we're thinking about that you know uh we in our house are really big fans of julie's green room and my wife teaches general music uh and uh kindergarten through fifth grade and she directs musicals in her elementary school it's actually how we met when i was interning at her school oh and our, our five and ten year old uh loved the show and and watched episodes and then would jump straight into imaginative play i would love to hear with regards to julie's green room and then let's talk about this podcast what what drives you both to to make things for children. You've made books, you've made poetry collections that are wonderful. Why, why make things for children, do you feel? Well, until I had children of my own, I don't think I was uh, as passionate then as I am now. It isn't until <clears throat> that deep well opens up and you, you plumb its depths, so to speak, said she in a very... Uh, uh, colourful fashion, um, uh, you, you, suddenly all the emotions that, that pour out of you and you, you get the connections and, and young minds are so fertile and it's so important that they read and so important that they appreciate and love music and singing. Uh, really, it's, it's what, and noticing and, and seeing things, it's all about the important things in life. And I think if you're lucky enough to have that, uh, then life will unfold in an easier, perhaps better way. Yeah. I think also it has to do with the degree to which our lives as children were enriched by books and stories and the arts. 
um, you know, just there's no doubt about it, darling. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think if you, if we all think back to the book that changed our life, it probably was a children's book, you know, mm. and it was, of course. And the the idea of being able to um, touch a child's life at a time when they perhaps might need a friend or need to see themselves reflected back or need to know how to cope with a situation in their lives. It, it has a sense of um, a sense of calling, I suppose, about I think it. it's that the book, when the book that you choose to seize upon came at you just at the time that you needed that particular yes. kind of yes. um, support. That's right, that's right. That yeah. book, like a parent, that book imprints on you. You yes, are forever bound best, to it. Yes. Best friend. Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. Also, you know, Matthew, I also work with uh, children professionally and I, I teach at, at the local university here and I teach writing, creative writing for graduate students and undergraduate students, but I also run writing programs in our area schools. Mm. And it's very much also for me about wanting to help ensure that we have readers and writers in the future. You know, that the more we can bring good art and good stories to children, the better the chances of us having good art and good stories, you know, 100 years from now or even 20 years from now, because children will carry that forward. I, and it is a child's 100%. imagination that is the most lively, alive and, and, and uh, full of uh, um, ideas and thoughts. We, we get a bit... Well, we get swamped by life as we get older, but children are so wide open. It's lovely. So tell me about this podcast. What is this podcast called? And how are you engaging your listeners through it? Um, you started, Emma, and I'll finish off. <laughs> okay. It's called Julie's Library. And uh, it is, it's set in a library that is uh, Julie's library, mom's library, where I am also present. And we are often visited by friends and special guests and authors and even my own daughter, Hope. Oh. And we, on the podcast, we read stories. We read picture books, particularly. Um, and we also talk about stories and we talk about the themes within the books that we read. And we invite our listeners to share their thoughts about the themes we're discussing. And we so, talk about words and their meanings and what we yeah. love about a certain word. Mm. We have a whole section called Wonderful Words where we share our favorite words and we invite listeners to share theirs. And, um, and because we are reading actually mostly just picture books, we have illustrated the podcast with music and sound effects. And hopefully, you know, we choose an illustrated book that will transfer easily to the uh, uh, other medium, to the air, so to speak. Yeah. I love, I love that you're doing that. In well, the we same forgot to mention one person that's in the podcast, darling. Oh. And that's my little dog, uh, button <laughs> <laughs> occasionally shows up with a bark she does mm. although i wouldn't call her a person mom uh, well no i meant another uh, <laughs> what, what character character there, there we are I, yeah. I mean i feel like you're now nailing exactly what a podcast is if we don't have some random animal in the background or a child <laughs> running through you're not doing it the right way so that's yeah. wonderful to hear that we, i have 
Um, we've just oh, been, I'm just going to add, please. Matthew, we've been so fortunate to partner with American Public Media for this yes. podcast because they have such a shared sensibility when it comes to championing children and literacy and the arts. And they have really gone to bat for us in terms of bringing the podcast to life through sound and through um, all the music, the original music and the sound effects and the guests that come to visit and talk to us and call in and the children's voices. And it's really uh, exceeded our, our wildest hopes. But for us, isn't it, darling? Yeah, it really has. Mm. And we should add that the funny thing about it is that when we started recording, it was just prior to uh, the lockdown. Mm. And so we were, you know, happily recording in our uh, local, very fabulous recording studio out here in, in where we live on Eastern Long Island. And then when lockdown happened, Instead of, you know, instead of postponing, we actually accelerated the launch of the podcast so that we could bring it to children who were yes. at home sooner. Um, but we had to shift to our closets for the recording. <laughs> yep. but, uh, yeah, I, I can finish this. And Emma's son, Sam, who is an absolute whiz at anything, <laughs> well, anything, period, but uh, particularly at electronic. He suddenly took, uh, commandeered one of my guest closets upstairs. And the next time I uh, went up to look at it, it was swathed in blankets and <laughs> stuffed with pillows and, and um, microphone there and everything connected. And uh, I have a soundproof booth. And of course, he did the same thing for you, Emma. That's right. That, that's so great. It's so, we so both, great. We do all our recording from our closets these days. Yes. Uh, again, true podcasters, here you go. Yeah. Well, I, I got to say that uh, to hear uh, an organization like American Public Media standing behind children's books, I think is so important. It is an endless fight to, you know, we all grew up with children's books. They imprinted on us, but somehow we, we as adults have the poor tendency of thinking that they're just for kids. <laughs> and really, we all want stories. We are all served no, so well by stories. Last throughout your entire life. Mm. Matthew, mm -hmm. Uh, your favorite book as a child? What really first hit you hard? The, the book that I always point to, and it's because I remember my father reading it to me, uh, was Scuttles the Tugboat. <laughs> a golden book, Elena, a golden book. And I still, I think, I think I believe that I have like my original copy that dad would read to me. Oh, those and, golden and, books were great, weren't yeah. they? And I can picture being in the kitchen. I can picture being read to. What was yours, Julie? Mine was a book that my father bought for me from the local uh, bookstore. And he just pulled it out from the shelf and said, you know, I think this, you really love this, Julie. Uh, and uh, it's called The Little Gray Men by an author who signs himself B.B. He has another name, but when he writes his children's books, He's always capital B, capital B. And it's about the last four gnomes left in England. They're really quite old, but quite young by gnome standards. <laughs> and uh, it's the adventures that three of the gnomes have looking for their long lost brother who uh, went off a year ago to try and find the source of the little stream uh, where they where they live. Uh, they, they live in an oak tree nearby. Anyway, it's really a nature study, uh, but in such exquisite detail that you know how 
good books, especially for very young children, bring you bring everything down to size. And so mm. this is a, a book where you really see everything from the gnome's point of view. And it, it makes it all accessible and all wondrous. And it's a rollicking good adventure too. I've read it to all my kids and my <laughs> kids have read it to their kids and so on. Emma, what, what's your book? Mine is The Phantom Tollbooth. Oh my Martin goodness. Hester. And yeah. that, was my, that was my go-to book, my rainy day book, my home from school book. And, um, and I, I thinking about it now, I, I realized that I think it is the thing that made me fall in love with language and words because of yes. that whole section in the in the adventure when the little the main character Milo, you know, is on this journey that he's passed through the Phantom Tollbooth and he visits this land on the other side. And one of the places he goes is Dictionopolis. And in Dictionopolis, they have a marketplace of words and they sell words and letters at like a street fair. And they have flavors and colors and scents and textures and they eat them and they appreciate them. And I just remember being so inspired and mesmerized <laughs> by that. And I really think to this day, that's why I have such a passion for, for words and, and reading and writing. I love that. But I do think, honestly, that that passion is enhanced if someone, when you're very young, is sharing with you. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about the influence that a parent has uh, on a child, with a child, if they're reading to them. It's such a cozy time, such a loving time. It, it does it all in a way. It says it all for you. Lovely. Well, before we go, I want to give you a chance to speak directly to your readers. But first, I told one of the students at my school, uh, who, who I, I work with her mom, and he attends school as well. He's in fourth grade. I said, you'll never believe who I'm interviewing this afternoon. Um, and he wrote a letter. He hurried and wrote a letter to you, Julie. Oh. So this is from... I can, I'm allowed to say his name on the podcast. We have permission. But this is from Vinny. And Vinny writes... Dear Julie, I love Mary Poppins and Julie's Green Room. I remember always thinking it was so cool that one of the puppets was in a wheelchair. Also, I know that one of the horses on the carousel at Disney World was made for you. Love, Vinny. And he's oh. drawn an umbrella on it. <laughs> oh, that is lovely. Thank you, Vinny. If you're listening, well, I should tell you something. One of the horses on the carousel was indeed uh, given to me. I believe it's the one that I actually rode or pretended to ride in Mary Poppins. But I'm staring at a smaller but perfect miniature copy of it, which was handed to me as a gift from Disney. And I have it in my study. So uh, you couldn't have mentioned anything better. That's so cool. Well, on that note, let's end with, with this. Julie, I'll ask you first that I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Yes, I think. Uh, let me think. Uh, find your favorite book. Then find the perfect corner and make yourself comfortable and read to your heart's content. And you can share that with a friend too, if you want. I love that. Thank you. And Emma, same question that I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Is there a message I can bring to them from you? 
Yes, I would say you matter. We think of you all the time in everything we do, in the books that we write, in the stories that we tell on our podcast. You are our inspiration. Uh, you are in our hearts and you matter in this world. So take good care of yourselves and know that you are loved. And uh, I have to say one last thing. A very famous author once said to me, you know, books matter, words count. And I thought, oh, that couldn't put it more clearly. And they do. <laughs> Nothing really is as important as that when you're young and growing up. It, it, it'll teach you anything you want to know. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by me, Matthew Winner, in my library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 600 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the free music archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and don't reflect the ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Become a patron, and you can directly impact and help to sustain the podcast. Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that is a very good thing indeed. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.